Shomrabyog. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Collecting Issues, where this week we'll be taking a look at Fantastic Four Full Circle, collecting no issues of the 2022 Marvel Arts Marvel Comics imprint by Alex Ross. Ooh, collecting no issues in particular. No issues in particular at all, just the, the, the whole big thing, Michael. How exciting. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Collecting Issues, the bi-weekly comic book book club. I've done that in big air quotes, Benjamin, where this week we're taking a look at a comic book, Benjamin. And my question to you is, what the hell was that? What the hep, Michael, did we just what read? Was, what was going on there? What, what in the hep? What is this, Benjamin? This, to me feels like the performance that the performance art of comic books michael this is your awkward uh, college but yet still a teenager age son who's given you tickets to your first bloody rehearsal and you know you don't really want to go but he's tried so hard yeah yeah Benjamin, this is very avant-garde. Oh. Now, bear in mind, I don't know what that means. Michael, it is very uh, fucking guarding of the avant. It, it's oh, yeah. bloody... Oh, it's, it's very experimental. It's a very experimental comic, Michael. Uh, Jim Steranko is spinning with joy in his grave, probably. Like a bloody gyroscope, Benjamin. Like a Benjamin, gyroscope, yes. What are you talking about, Marvel Arts experimental single issue art book? What are you, what are you, Benjamin? What, what are you talking about? It's a great question, Michael. When you, when you first picked this Benjamin, up, Michael, what are you talking about? <laughs> when you first picked this up, Michael, you said, "What in the fuck is Marvel Arts? Why haven't I heard about it, Ben?" And then you got very upset, Michael, because you generally don't like being out of the loop. I don't. No, it makes you very sad, and so and aggressive. It, it makes you a little bit aggressive, Michael, and it, we have to kind of pad the furniture so you don't hurt yourself. It's very awkward. I said, what? What <laughs> is this? <laughs> and <laughs> so anyway, it? Marvel Arts, as it turns out, Michael, is a collaborative project, supposedly ongoing. Okay. Between Marvel Comics, the I've heard of them. comic company we all know and love, and then yeah. Abrams Comic Arts. Never heard of them, Benjamin. No, they nor, sound shystery. Nor have I, Michael. I've never heard of them a day in my life. So, Abrams Comics Arts publishes groundbreaking graphic novels and illustrated books about the creators and the history of comics art, animation and cartoons, including oh. Megascope, a new line oh. dedicated to powerful speculative work by and about people of colour. Oh, okay. Like Alex Ross. Um <laughs> The whitest Noted man in a suit you've color. ever seen in your life, Benjamin. I would say white's a colour, but it's actually not, Michael. <laughs> no, Benjamin, it's it's all colours. Benjamin, it's uh, Alex Ross is like a negative suit. Benjamin. Yes. But, so they make comics about comics. Yeah, they're meta-comics. And, and somehow this comic company that make comics about com- comics, but specifically comics about comics by peoples of colour. Have teamed up with Alex Rocks. I can't. Benjamin, this is like some sort of Lovecraftian curse, which is the comic itself has deprived me of my ability to speak. We, we can't do it, Michael. We're all. I like, can't. I can't do it. So they've teamed up with Alex Ross to just make a comic. Then. Yeah. So what's happened is I think because they do kind of I suppose you'd call them gift books or art books. You know. Yeah. The yeah. coffee table book, Michael. The high quality book binding gig. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A decorative book, something you'd put out on the table to impress your friends over a spot of coffee. Books for posh boys, Benjamin. Books for posh boys, Michael, of which I have several. I simply don't have a coffee table on which to place them so people know how smart and well-read I am. 
Oh, mm. look at that distinguished gentleman, they'd say. Oh, look at all those coffee books. You know who doesn't have those dunces? Yes, no. <laughs> yeah. so no oh, look, he's got, he's got Fantastic Four full circle. He's got the art of Marvel's Thor Ragnarok. He's got the Degostini Book of Robots. <laughs> Look at that distinguished gentleman. So what I guess- a distinguished gentleman. He's got the Marvel <laughs> Cinematic Universe Encyclopedia. From DK Comics. I'm not From quite DK sure that matches books. the vibes of the rest of them. Such so someone, so someone tells I can't speak either. He's got the he's got the Panini World Cup 2022 sticker album. He's got the Titan Comics monthly Batman collected Batman Legends. What a smart boy! Even though he doesn't even have a coffee table, he's such a smart boy. Smart cookie. Uh, yeah. So Michael, obviously they've decided to extend this, and it suits uh, an Alex Ross gig quite well. And I suppose, given the art that we've seen in this comic, Michael, you'd quite frankly insist on a bit of quality because it's all about the art. It's all about the art, Michael. You don't you don't pick up an Alex Ross gig for the writing. No. Did someone write this, Benjamin, or was it just an algorithm? It's all al- I think it was probably an algorithm. I think they fed in a bunch of volume one Fantastic Four storylines and went, right. Yeah, spit this back out at us. Spit this back out at us. And then the how they fooled us, you see, is they got Alex Ross to draw it. We went, oh, fuck, that's good. Did Alex Ross draw it, Benjamin, and paint it, or did he write, the, write it as well? I can't speak. It's this an AI good, that did it. Yeah, it was an AI that did it. That wasn't just a joke that I've done. That's true. That really happened. No, it didn't. <laughs> Benjamin, pers- don't lie to me. I'm vulnerable. We're besmirching. This comic has yes, made me okay. vulnerable. We've, pad- we've padded the furniture. You'll be fine. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> yes. Alex Ross. Don't you talk down to me. Alex Ross is famous for a few things, Michael. What's that? You want a statuesque version of your favourite superheroes? Have one. Hmm. What's that? You'd like your superheroes to look like classic 1930s movie stars? Have some of that. What's that? You'd like some finely detailed, possibly hours of painstakingly laboured over designs? Have some of that. Oh, very good. I like all of those things. Yeah, and that's what you get when you get Alex Ross, Michael. Now, this is a this is a little step. I suppose we're we're leading with the art here, Michael, which is unusual for us. Benjamin, this comes from Marvel Arts. Comes so from Marvel Arts. We, you know, we've had to. They've asked they've, for it. They've they've bound us into a coffee table book corner. Yeah, there's nothing we can do about it, Benjamin, or else people will think we're dunces. And we couldn't have that, Michael. We couldn't have that. No. No, we're a couple of smart cookies, Michael. Oh, you should see my coffee table, Benjamin. I've got, um, I don't have anything in the chamber. Uh, you fill for a second and I'll think of something funny. Anyway, this is this is another level of Alex Ross because what we're traditionally used to seeing from Alex Ross, Michael, is a gouache re- rendering of a superhero. He, he, What's that word you've just said there? A gouache. Okay. It's the okay. very opaque uh, watercolor medium, Michael. A little bit like a like a bridge between oil painting and uh, bloody watercolors. Now I always thought that was pronounced gauche, but no, your gauche. This is gouache. Okay. All right. Okay. Yeah. And your DK edition of Transformers: The Robots in Disguise Anatomy book is gauche. Yeah. It's- Oh, very good. Okay. It's a little bit it's a little bit unsuitable. So what we're used to there is that what we're getting in this, Michael, is a bizarre fusion of incredibly graphic uh Kirby esque art 
mixed with yes. Jim Steranko, who ran Captain America for many years, and Doctor Strange. And then we get... And, uh, Nick Fury. And Nick Fury. And then we get the very kind of traditional Alex Ross style in the flashbacks. Mm. Michael, there's a whole lot going on in this book. There's a lot going on, Benjamin. Right at the start there, there's a couple of panels where it's nighttime and everything was reduced down to three or four colours. And that is very reminiscent of very old comics with very limited um, colour runs. Because you couldn't print that much, Michael. It cost money. It costs so much money, Benjamin. When I was a child of the 80s, Benjamin, sometimes we would get comics and each page would have one colour on it. That was it. That's all you got. Yeah, yeah. And this very much put me in mind of those old comics. And it was very kind of, very evocative in that way. I'd say there was one or two Marvel letters that went, this fucking wise guy, fucking Alex Ross, we give him the fucking Marvel arts budget and he fucking gives us one colour panels. That's son gives of a Gives us one colour, the absolute cheek of him. And he's just done a squiggly black baddie. Son the of a The easiest bitch. baddie. A Benjamin, I thought the, I thought the squiggly black baddie was very evocative when he just showed up in the gaff. The yeah. fantastic gaff, as it's you call it. a big mystery mask of the phantasm-looking son of a bitch. Yeah, and he's just in the fantastic gaff going, oh, I'm in your gaff. And and everybody's just like, oh, this is terrible news. <laughs> what do we do? Attack him. This is terrible news. What are Benjamin. we going to do now? Yeah. Yes. There are some. There is some spectacular arts, though. The bit where they face... I don't remember what he's called. Negaman? Negaman. Let's just call him... Ni- Let's just call him... Uh, negative zone dr- nightmare because that's he's just nightmare I thought it was nightmare it's not nightmare Michael but it's it's got shades of nightmare about it now who is nightmare for those at home it, nightmare Benjamin is Marvel's uh, demonic dream entity yeah that's who I thought it was and he's getting up in your nightmares and going ah what do you think it is it's a crocodile but it's got the face of a crocodile yeah, boogada boogada boogada. I've got you. I yeah, scared you. I'm coming to get you. <laughs> I got but you. Benjamin, yeah, there's some fantastic panels, like the scene where they confront him, and he has all of the different manifestations of all the boogly wooglies. Oh, Michael, as as Johnny Storm says, what a horror show! Absolute horror show, Benjamin. And there's a nihilist Benjamin, and he's massive, and then he's normal, and he's big and scary. Oh, there's so many shifting perspectives here, Michael. It's a bit of a fever dream, isn't it? The whole thing, Benjamin. That is my. That is my abiding take from it. It's The whole thing is a bit of a fever dream. And I was doing a bit of an exaggeration at the start when I was saying, what the heck was this even? But that is the feeling you're left with where you're going, what's going on here? Is this a story? Or is it just, did he just draw all this shit and then come up with a reason to link it together later? I'm not entirely certain that he didn't get the Rona and just have a, a bout of actual <laughs> fever dreaming. <laughs> just draw mad shit, Alex Ross, and then come up with a... I think it would be remiss to even accuse it of having a through line of plot. It doesn't. That draws it doesn't. It, it doesn't. It's Swiss. Have a true, it <laughs> true line. Benjamin, they defeat the Dream Man. What's his name? The Nega Man. Nega Man. They defeat him uh-huh. by simply pointing out he's not real. Fighter of the Nightman. Very good. That's it. And they're like, "You're not even real," and he's like, "Oh, I'm not real." And then the planet collapses. And while the planet's collapsing, they end up on negative Earth. It's like, was that there beside it the whole time? What is, what in the shit is going on? So I, I think Alex Ross has watched one too many episodes of Rick and Morty and said, oh, I like it when Rick is very smug and just right. talks the villain down. <laughs> and he right. said, I'm going to do that with the Nega Man. And you're, mm. you're not even real. You're, you're, you're a construct. You're, you're, you're yeah. a figment of my imagination. What does that feel like? 
to be a figment of my imagination. Um, Are you Alex Ross went, of my imagination? And Alex Ross just went, yeah, that's cool. That'll do. That'll do. That's cool. I'm an egg in the suit. Benjamin. <laughs> yeah. And then they end up on Negative Earth and they have a real bloody 1960s Tom Strong, Alan Moore-esque Utopian mad adventure. West Dream. Yeah. Yeah. And everyone's different kind of creatures and stuff. And and, and stuff. Ah, uh, man, look. Yeah. Um, th- so there's a few things happening here, Michael. Number one is it's a loose continuation of a very famous run that introduced the Negative Zone in the original Fantastic Four run. So right, go on. in 1966... What we got introduced to was the man, the monster, the man, I think is the, is the name of the, the episode uh, of the five issue arc. And right. it's exactly as Ben Grimm describes where, you know, somebody kidnapped him, stole his, his fache. Yeah. And went about the place like a big bloody spooky thing. Yeah. yeah and said, I'm Ben Grimm now. And then the villainy of that is undermined somewhat by the fact that after going into the negative zone, imposter Ben Grimm decides to give a hand anyway and saves Reed Richards. Yes. Yeah. So, you know, the logic wasn't necessarily there from the start. No, what's going on? What is going on? And then he died. And then he he died. but, But he didn't die. But not really. But his death left some sort of golem or... Some sort of homunculus. Some kind of husk, Michael. Of himself. Yeah. Made out of positive matter. Yeah. And then the the Neg Man found it and put boogly wooglies in it. Yes. But then they deal with that pretty quickly. Not a bother to them, Michael. Not a bother to them. They just go, this isn't even real. It's like how you beat Freddy Krueger. Yeah, you're like, uh, I'm just going to wake up. <laughs> yeah, I'm not even scared of you anymore, Freddy Krueger, you're a real son of a bitch. And then, across an entire negative antimatter universe, they stumble across that same guy again. And he's like, he just brushes it off in one line, like, oh yeah, that must have been some sort of simulacrum. Simulacrum, Michael. It's now a simulacrum. Okay. Like a, so, similar to Marie Curie. I think Alex Ross just wanted to flex his muscles and show the world that his art style was still relevant. And there's a, there's a few things going on here, Michael, that make me think this is Alex Ross saying, I'm, I'm still relevant. I'm still hip. I'm still, I'm still about the place. I'm still cool. Because there's, there's, you know, the Nega man gets into Reed Richards' head or he tries to get into Reed Richards' head and he's like, ah, you're over the hill. You, you should retire. You, you know, you're not, you're not the great man you once were. Save the world. Don't make me laugh. Um, and, you know, I think it's it's supposed to be... Now, nah, the Fantastic Four is still relevant. Because those are accusations that have been thrown at the Fantastic Four for decades at this point. And Alex Ross. And Alex Ross. But lots of people don't see space for the Fantastic Four in the Marvel Universe. Yes, because Benjamin... Who cares about a bloody classic nuclear family of, of white people? Well, it's not me, I'll tell you. I'll you tell don't you, care Michael. About the Fantastic Four. I don't care about the Fantastic Four. You have um, no I, time for them, Benjamin. I picked this up because I like the El Rosser. I like his art. You love a man. You love an egg in a suit, Benjamin. I, I love an egg in a suit who can paint. An egg yeah, in a suit just, who can paint. Anytime we're hanging out, you're like, just put your suit on there and I'll just hold that paintbrush for me. Suit. Hold nom, that nom, paintbrush nom. and wear a suit. Nom, nom, nom. Benjamin. Yeah. Um, this has done nothing for me to reinvigorate my interest in the Fantastic Four. 
No, unfortunately. Now, th- this is somewhat where we we will differ from a lot of the comics community, Michael. Go on. Because people have, uh, critics, Michael, the critics yeah. have rallied around this. And where do they stand on the coffee table dunce spectrum? Oh, I, I think they, they have more coffee books than we do on or, on their table because, you know, they don't want to be accused of being dunces. They're very smart boys. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Very smart a couple of smart critic cookies is what they are. Okay. Okay, well, we can't argue with them then. You might yeah. as well present their argument to us and we will kowtow. It, it has gotten rousing reviews, even from sources I trust quite well on the comic community. AIPT right? has given it 10 out of 10. 10 comics out of 10? 10 comics out of 10 would read again. What, really? Well, you'd have to and figure Michael, out what's going on. I have to say, no. <laughs> I don't think so. Nah. It's, what are you talking about? I, I think they were very generous as well. Many many reviewers have come across and said, oh, it's wonderful how Alex Ross apes the classic Stanley dialogue. I don't think he does. Um, I don't think it's, Alex Ross can write dialogue very well. Well, neither could Stan Lee. I think that's what's happened there. I think that's what's happened. And Alex Ross has found a way to be like, oh, I'm just, I'm mimicking one of the greats, you know, one of the greats. Yeah. One of the worst. Like, I couldn't tell you what we were supposed to get from Sue Storm in this. Um, get it, back in that kitchen, Sue, unless the children are threatened, is, is yeah. the vibe I got. Like, don't mess with the mama bear. Is that the vibe we I were supposed to get? I think that's the vibe we're supposed to get. But then also, Michael, Johnny Storm is just a little twerp in this. He's like, oh, thank God you put some clothes on. And everyone was like, what do you mean? Sue Storm yeah. is invisible all the time. What are you talking about? What are you talking about, Jonathan Storm? You Jonathan Storm, box? you fuck. Why are you looking at your sister? Stop that. Stop that. What do you think this is, modern pornography? Get out of here, Jonathan. Um, Reed Richards is still a bollocks. He's still yeah. a twat. Yeah, he's no use. Still giving out to people, still taking charge when he probably shouldn't be. Um, there's an awful lot of expositional dialogue here. You know, it's like, oh, well, Ben, I think you'll find this is da 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 yeah, I don't know. I, I get where you're going, Benjamin. I get where the critics are going with it's a return to golden, not golden age. It's a return to the golden age of Marvel comics, which is generally known as the Silver Age. <laughs> it's a return to the golden age of the Silver Age of Marvel comics. But a lot of what was going on in the golden age of the Silver Age of Marvel comics was absolute nonsense. It's fucking mental, Michael. Um, just, just nonsense. Just contrived nonsense. Th- there's so much of that going on here. Because we have Annihilus, who's kind of a classic negative zone villain. Um, yes. We have the negative zone in the first place, which is pretty much Stan Lee's lazy way of creating any kind of Silver Age storyline he would like. Um, for example, week one, Richard takes a, it dips his toe into the negative zone. Mm. Uh, week two, Richard dips his toe back into the negative zone, but this time gets stuck in a subspace bloody undertow and gets dragged oh, into happen. another section. Of the negative that's zone. Ha- that has happened to me, actually. That's, uh, yeah, well, uh, that's, what have I told you about dipping your toes in subspace under toes? You told me not to, but I didn't listen. Ah, oh, for fuck's sake. You Benjamin, bloody- who's this Negaman? Is he an invention of this or is he pre-existent? So Negaman is, is actually a continuation. So this is, this is where things get mental, right? So the first, Go on. the first act of this, if you will, which yes. is bloody homunculus man hides Ridley Scott's wet dream. Bloody ugly bugglies, the gang. Yeah, they're inside him then. He's that's a subspace portal or some such. That's from 1966, right? 
Of course it is. Our Act 2 villain, who isn't a nihilist, like Richard assumed. Yeah, he's like, there's a nihilist. No, there's a nihilist, oh, but it's not him. And then no, the thing clean. rightly points out, it's like your friend, it's like your friend in the pub who's always going on about it. It's like, I, I guarantee you, I guarantee you it's this thing. And then it's not that thing. And he goes, and you come back to him and said, it wasn't that thing you said it was going to be. And then he says, oh no, but th- that's what I meant. I meant this other thing. Oh, and yeah, he goes, no, you didn't, you fucking spoofer. <laughs> classic backpedaler. <laughs> don't you, don't you backpedal me. Um, but it's a little bit like that because Ben goes, I thought you said it was a nihilist. And it's like, well, well it isn't because the, the monitor that I planted says it isn't. And you're like, Reed Richards, fucking backpedaling son of a bitch. You it's, stretchy. Uh, it's a negative man, I think. <laughs> you stretchy backpedaling son of a bitch. Um, yeah, just get back to normal size and stop backpedaling. Stop backpedaling. But anyway, we come across the Nega man who is actually Richard Yanis or Janice. I'm never sure. And Dr. Richard Yanis is from 1971, Michael, a full five years after Act One's delay. Oh, wow. Wow. Um, and Dr. Richard Yanis was a college student and a research scientist and a friend of Reed Richards at State University in Hegeman. Ah, the classic State University. Benjamin, the easiest way to become a supervillain is to know Reed Richards. <laughs> that's, that's all it takes. That is literally fucking all it Dr. takes. Dr. Doom, Richard Yanis. Oh, fucking yeah. awful. Um, Yanis was obsessed with finding a new source of energy and sought Richards help to harness this negative energy or nega power as he likes to call oh, it oh let's see where he's got his name from I hazard a guess that bloody Richard Yanis was, was into the old racism because nega power is dangerously close to some other things I didn't like it I didn't like it I was like that's a very 1960s there's a lot of uh, tightness there I wasn't a fan but um, yeah so he likes to call it the nega power and he becomes nega man and uh yeah, it's all about harnessing the dark. Uh, very bad, Michael. Very bad. <laughs> um, so that was in Fantastic Four 107. And then he gets trapped. He, he has a classic Icarian arc in the, oh, L, uh, in the L Fantastic Four. And he flies too close to the negative zone, gets sucked out in there. Reed Richards, of course, is the better man and tries to help him. But it's too late, Michael. He gets lost in the negative zone. Or does he, Benjamin? Because he's just a simulcurium. He's just a simulcurium, Michael. And it's all very messy. <laughs> Benjamin, who's the last fellow? Why is he called Ricardo Jones? Was that That's his name. Sort of rev- That's his name but, in the original arc. So we go back but, to 1966 and Ricardo Jones. Is the man's name Ricardo Jones? Yeah, which is pretty but much Rick Jones, by the way. It's Rick Jones. <laughs> isn't Rick Jones a famous Marvel character, Rick Jones? For those that don't know, Rick Jones is the character who got the fa- who got Bruce Banner turned into the Hulk because he was out on his bike being a cool James Dean kind of kid, but he was yeah. in a radioactive bomb testing zone and Bruce Banner said, "Get the hell out of there." And he tackled him to, into the bunker, but then he got irradiated and turned into the Hulk. Rick Jones is and- is the classic Silver Age sidekick for and he the also- Hulk. He also came across the Negabands, coincidentally, maybe, which allowed him to swap places with Captain Marvel. That sounds awful. Yeah, yeah. Has that got anything to do with this, or is this guy just coincidentally... I think this is just Ricardo Jones. (laughs) What's wrong with his forehead? I don't know. He's got a big, ugly forehead. It's a classic kind of Kirby design, in fairness. Yeah, is that how Kirby just drew big, ugly fellas? Big, ugly fellas. (laughs) So it's nothing to do with Rick Jones. I don't think so. It's a coincidence. It's a coincidence. I don't think so. Look, Michael, I'll be honest with you. I loved the art. Didn't like yeah. much else about it. 
Okay, yeah, um, I, yeah, I, I, I tend to agree with that. I found it a tough read. Um, I, I think it answers a question of is plot that important? Yes, sometimes. Sometimes, yes, sometimes. <laughs> I think this would have been better if you took out the word balloons. <laughs> yeah, those were pretty rough. Just take out the word balloons, and I think this would be a better comic. If you just took out the word balloons and it was a silent adventure, you're like. Oh, this is so mysterious and weird. It's the same guy at the end. Because it would have been much more satisfying for my imagination to come up with some reason that they were connected. It might have come up with a better reason for them to be connected. Yeah, rather than him going, ah, yeah, nah, never mind, it's Grant. That's nothing to do with this story. was fucking great. That's, no, that's nothing to do with this story. Don't worry about it. Yeah, and then like, I don't know. It, look, I think it was just a chance for Alex Ross to talk about how much he loved the Fantastic Four and to show everybody that he's not over the hill and he shouldn't retire. But not just the, how much he loved the Fantastic Four, really specifically, like, I love 1960s Fantastic Four bullshit. Yeah, he's like, that's what I'm That's what I'm about. Logic? Fuck it. Plot? Fuck I'm it. I'm about... I'm about 1960s Fantastic Four bullshit where they go and have three separate adventures which just kind of stumble one into the other. One on top of the other, on top of the other, on top of the other. And What's that continuity? We- Never heard of her. And have lots of weird things in common but really no through line. So that people can occasionally really go, I remember that. Oh, remember him. That he was lad. in the Negazone. It was yeah, this is this is the Marvel Comics equivalent of your mother turning around to you and saying, Do you remember Tom that you're in school with? And you go, yeah. No. And he goes, Ah you do. Ah you do. You do remember him. Tom, the fella with the, the ugly Jack Kirby forehead. Like, he had no. a big Jack Kirby forehead. <laughs> he had a big Jack Kirby forehead and a, a funny kind of elemental suit. Do you remember that? No. Yes. Not really. No, no. Do you remember Nightmare? He looked like Nightmare, but he wasn't Nightmare. No. Uh, I don't remember, ma. I don't remember who this is. <laughs> anyway, he flew into space and was irradiated and left a duplicate of his body. And then a weird man who wasn't actually really a man. He was just thoughts that thought he was a man filled him with space gobblies and sent him back to kill you and then she hits you with the classic ma one-liner well he died well he died yeah <laughs> well but then he didn't though because yeah he his half his body became a hollow shell that was used as an interdimensional portal but then he was actually fine he just had to go into a robot suit like man bot from freedom force but <laughs> If you have your stretchy suit, you can just wrap it around him and you'll be grand. Man, I don't know who the fuck this is. <laughs> it's Ricardo. Ricardo Jones. Ricardo Jones. You used to swim with them. Yeah. Do you mean Rick Jones from the bike? The fellow with the bike. And the I know hook. Rick Jones. No. I still see Rick down the pub sometimes, man. No, Ricardo Jones. Man, I don't think Latino you're right. Latino equivalent. Man, I don't think Latino you're right. Latino equivalent. You've got the wrong mm. end of the stick here. Yeah. Some mad shit going on there. Um... Michael, what do you think people would like if they liked this? Because I don't know. I don't know. (laughs) I don't know. I don't know, Benjamin. Like, get some nice art books. I mean, you you would probably like Kingdom Come and Marvels and any of Alex Ross's big hitters. Yeah, I mean, they're great. Yeah, yeah, because someone else wrote them. Yeah, well, that helps. That helps. (laughs) This is his first ever full through. 
Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It, he got an AI to do it. It's his first time doing it, and I think he probably went to whatever the mid-journey equivalent is of writing yeah. and said, "Come here to me, give me that." Just write something. Yeah, I'm. I'm not convinced he didn't draw it first and then try to plot it. Ah, uh, kind of Stan Lee-esque. Sort I, of way. I I wouldn't put it past him. I wouldn't mm. put it past him. Um, backpedaling son of a bitch. Backpedaling egg <laughs> in a suit. Um, <laughs> but. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I think you might get away if you like the art a lot. Jim Steranko is a good shout. Anything by him back in yeah, the 60s. Yeah. I mean, and any of the weird psychedelic space stuff is obviously very reminiscent of Doctor Steve Strange Ditko and Doctor Strange as well. Like, there's loads of good stuff going on in this. Don't get it wrong because we're borderline bullying Alex Ross for some reason. <laughs> like, it's a it's Egg a boy. visually <laughs> he's a man. I I mean I don't have a leg to stand on. He looks a lot like me, <laughs> so I feel that's why I can take these jabs at him because he looks broadly speaking exactly like I do in a suit. I'm just outright um, cyberbullying him. You're just cyberbullying. <laughs> um, I I think I should have a like a a membership card for the Egg in a Suit Club, Benjamin. But that's neither here nor there. What are we talking about? Yes, if just get it for the art, because the art is yeah. incredible. Yeah, and it's a beautiful book. Get it book. for the art, put it on your coffee table, and everybody will think you're a smart boy. A smart boy. Oh, look at yeah. that Titan collected Yu-Gi-Oh sticker book. Mmm. Mm. 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 Yes, very good. Um, ladies and gentlemen, what did you think of the comic? Because hopefully you've read it. We've given you enough fucking time to... Given um, you enough time, it's been about six weeks. <laughs> You can find That's us how long it took us to get our heads around it then. You can let us know what you think. You can find us on the interwebs at www.shomerbeug.com S-E-O-M-R-A-B-E-A-G-B-E-A-G.com Don't worry, it's Ben's first time ever saying that. Um, it means tiny room in Irish. <laughs> you can find us on Instagram at Collecting Issues. Um, you can indeed. And you oh, can ben find us on though. Twitter at Collecting Issue because they wouldn't let me put in that extra S. Collecting um, Benjamin, that was that was Elon Musk's first strike. First stri- strike one for old Elon. I bet Elon has a giant coffee table book collection. He's he's compensating massive, for something. Um, Absolutely massive. He has the coffee table book of coffee tables. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and then uh, Michael, the last and best way to get in touch with us, as always, because you actually answer there, is up on that Discord, baby. Hop up on it, Benjamin. The collecting issues side of things is obviously a bit dead because it's six weeks between the episodes. But hopefully... A classic this, podcast format. This, great stuff. Hopefully this will bring some life back into it. Maybe. Uh, <laughs> I wouldn't hold your well, breath. Seems, un- seems unlikely. Uh, seems unlikely. It's about, about as hopeful as bloody Nega Man getting out of the negative zone. Um, it wasn't even real. It wasn't even, it wasn't even real. Um, so anyway, uh, ladies and gentlemen, join us in two weeks' time, hopefully, uh, when we're yeah. going to be taking a look at Klaus, Volume 1, from Grant Morrison and Dan Mora. Have we not done that? Have we? We not done that. Klaus, Volume Think- Two, from Grant Morrison and Dan Mora, <laughs> depending on which one we've done. Have we done that? I, I can't think remember. We might have done that. That's the Christmas one where Santa Claus is a buff fella. Yeah. I think we might have done that. Klaus, Volume Two, by Grant. We might Morrison. have done Volume Two as I well. We haven't man. done Volume Two. Klaus, sure? Volume Three. <laughs> Does that exist? Yes. Okay, hold on. I'm checking. This is great <laughs> podcasting. Have we done close? I know we've talked about it. Do we talk about? Did we just talk about it on our other? I think it might have been on our other podcast. Sure, look, sure, listen. 
our other more success Benjamin usually I would say our other worse but inexplicably more successful podcast but not this week not this week, this this week they're week probably equally sense. bad yeah. yeah I don't think we have done Klaus okay it's Klaus then Klaus it is good good volume one apparently that's it from us ladies and gentlemen bye bye that was some great behind the scenes talk ha <laughs> ha